How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner's on vacation, and I'm excited about today's show. Buddy Groom, he is a former pitcher in Major League Baseball for a long time. 1992 to 2005, he played professional baseball for no longer than that. He is a co-owner of Buck Ventures. You can see that TV show on Sportsman's Channel Wednesday night here in Milwaukee at 8.30. And uh, we're excited to talk to Buddy for, for the show. And doing some research, man, this is, uh, this is a good guy. You're going to want to uh, want to listen. If you have interest in taking a look at Buck Venture, there it's an outdoor show. It's bvotv.com if you want to go to their website and uh, take a look at uh, some of the things that they're doing. You know, buddy, there's a lot of outdoors guys up here in uh, Wisconsin. They love uh, they love their hunting up here. Oh, I definitely know that. I'm I'm from a big hunting mecca as well myself, being from Texas. So I, I really appreciate the the people up there that. Uh, I know you guys went through a hard time with the EHD and stuff up there, and um, you know they really hit up there really, really hard. And you know we I've seen a little bit of it here in Texas, but not to the degree that you guys had. You lo- you guys lost a ton of deer and and uh, have done things right to get things back on track, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you bet. Hey, buddy, let's talk a little bit about uh, about your youth and where you grew up and 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 where you started playing baseball. Yeah, I was. Uh, I grew up in a little town uh, about 20 minutes south of Dallas called Red Oak, Texas, and uh, grew up just playing everything, you know, like we did as kids back in, in the 60s and 70s when I was when I was around. You know, there wasn't video games like there is now with kids. We were outside all day. Um, you know, regardless of what was going on, my favorite thing was just to be outside. I'd be, you know, playing ball off the wall or playing with somebody or playing football or whatever it might be. So we were active all the time outside and uh, – Ever since I was little, I could always seem to throw a ball as good as, as my brother's friends that were two years older than me. And, and uh, you know, it just kind of was one of those things that I, I was really good at and, and had no idea in my mind coming from a small little bitty town that I would ever, you know, develop into the, the person that I did. And, uh, you know, it was just only by God's grace that it happened. I came from a really small town and, and just had the right people in the right time. And God put the right people in my life at the right times. And, and my dad was really determined to help find the right people to help me along my path um, as a kid growing up to put me in the path of people that could give me some wisdom as to what it was going to take to get to that next level. And, uh, you know, I never forget that. My dad just passed on May 30th from a long battle with Alzheimer's. So him being a a minister of music and church forever, my grandfather being a pastor, you know, it was, I had that godly wisdom in my life, you know, ever since I was born and, uh, you know, 
when I do speak, uh, like I used to do a lot, speak in churches or to youth groups and stuff, I used to kind of tell them that, you know, I had a drug problem when I was growing up. I was drug to church every Sunday and Wednesday <laughs> That's awesome. ever since I was a little kid. So, you know, I, I know what it's like to be in the church and to be in that background and, uh, you know, carry that on, tradition on. I, you know, I really felt like it was a, a big thing kind of put on my shoulders growing up, and, and it's nothing that I, I wasn't proud of. I mean, with uh, my heritage growing of the groom heritage going way back generations beyond my just my grandfather. So it's, it was always something that I knew uh, where I was supposed to do, be and where I was supposed to go and what I was supposed to do in the Lord and, and try to carry that on through, throughout my baseball career as well. Hey, buddy, when, when you played at uh, Red Oak High School, did, did you play multiple sports? I did. You know, back then we were in Texas at the time, we just had 1A to class 1A to 5A. And we were a 3A size school, so I had 100 kids in my graduating class, and so you really needed, you know, guys to play everything. I played uh, football when football started, then I went right into basketball and from basketball to baseball. Um, And actually, my first two years of high school, I played golf as well as baseball, but uh, then our coach left, and we had the JV coach had taken over as the varsity coach and, and really didn't allow me any time to go take time off to practice golf and then come back to baseball so I had to kind of give that up I just kind of did that as a recreational deal when I could uh and I've always enjoyed playing golf but as I've gotten older that in the back has been an issue and stuff I've just kind of hung up the clubs for now well I you know what I should I was in a golf outing uh this week and and uh I was uh believe it or not buddy I was the celebrity that's that sits on a par three and uh (laughs) and you got to beat my shot and guys come up there, they're laughing because they know I don't play much. But I, I actually hit it pretty well this week. It was 140-yard par three. And I used what's called a wedge, which is like a seven or an eight. And, you know, I, I, I play twice a year because they make me. Other than that, man, yeah. I'm just not very good at it. Hey, you know, doing some research, the uh, the baseball field at Red Oak High School is now the Buddy yeah. Groom the Buddy Groom baseball field. How long, how long has that been? Uh that was done in, uh, I think, around 96. That's um, awesome. I had a guy, yeah, I had a guy that I actually was from a rival school, actually, town next to us, um, that I grew up playing against when I was a kid all these all the years in Little League and high school and everything. And He was the uh, drug enforcement officer for Red Oak School District. And he and I had become good friends over the years. I used to go into the schools when I would come home in the – in the off season when I was drafted in 87 and I would come home in the wintertime uh, when I wasn't playing and I would go in and speak to the kids about staying away from drugs. And uh, he just in return as a favor, just, I had no idea he was going to do it. He just called me and said, hey, I, I got this idea. Would you be okay with that if I took that to the school board or into the, you know, to the superintendent? And I said, you know, I would be honored. I mean, it, it, it's just a great honor to have anything named after you and uh, – you know that has a lot, a, a lot of standards behind it, um, and and a lot of things that I have to had to stand up to, and uh, so I took that very seriously, and still take that seriously today. I, I would too, buddy. I think that's awesome. And 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 what I did, what I did online today is I actually uh, there's an aerial view of of your of the stadium, the Buddy Groom uh, baseball yeah. field, and and I watched that, and it was really impressive to me. You know, I, I I just think that when when somebody is gonna you know put your name on on a building like that, I, it's what a great honor that is, and and the fact that they've done that at the school that you went to, I I, I just thought was really cool. 
Yeah, you know, it it, it was just I never would have dreamed that in my wildest dream as a kid. I mean, I, we moved to Red Oak when I was in first grade, and uh, we used to live in a little town called Hutchins outside of Dallas, and, and we just moved out there to get away from the hustle and bustle of the big city. And uh, actually, when we first moved to Red Oak, there were 767 people in the town, so it was really small in 1971. And so basically, that's where I've been my whole life. And and there's still people around that I know that I grew up with, you know, not a lot. Some have moved on, but people that around, if I they mention my name or say my name, you know, people tend to know who I am. So, you know, that, that carries a big responsibility. And, and, uh, and I, like I said, I don't take that lightly. And, uh, you know, I, I try to make sure that I'm, uh, in the community when I'm in the community that, you know, I, I, people know where I stand as far as my walk with the Lord and, and who I am and, and as a person in general. Well, that's that's awesome. Buddy, where do you live now? I live in a little community between Red Oak and Midlothian, a town called Midlothian called Ovilla, um, which is kind of weird because my kids, if they went to a public school, they would go to Midlothian Public School, but my phone number and my area code is both Red Oak, so it's kind of funny how they do that out here in, in this part of the country, but um, I'm kind of in a rural area. I'm not in the city limits. Uh, so they kind of—that's kind of way they do things around here. Yeah, so you are a Texas boy through and through. I am. Man, good for you. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Growing up, were you a a, a Longhorn fan? Were you an Aggies fan? What's uh, who? Where, where was your allegiance to like college football? Well, that's funny because my mom is actually from Oklahoma, uh, from the eastern side of Oklahoma, and I was always a an Oklahoma an OU fan because of the Barry Switzer era. Switzer era. I grew up in that era of the wishbone. And as a kid, I was really intrigued with that wishbone and how it worked and how tricky it could be and how, how you could fool people and where you handed the ball off. Yep. It was just one of those things that it kind of stuck in my mind, and I never was I never really got into being a Texas fan. Well, uh, I, w- I, wish pa- I wish my co-host was here. Pastor Ken Keltner, is, he's an Oklahoma boy. He is uh, really? born and raised, and, and if he was here right now, he'd be uh, singing <laughs> the fight song and doing all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, he he's going to be sad that, that that he missed this. Hey, when it came to uh, came to going to play uh, baseball in college, uh, buddy, you went to the University of Mary uh, Mary Harden at Baylor. Um, yeah. Was there a chance for you to to uh, to go elsewhere? Were they the team that recruited you, or or how did that work? No, that's actually another. That's another just a God how God was involved in the whole thing. I actually went to uh, a. a junior college my first year up in Poto, Oklahoma, where my mom is from. It's just a little two-year college. I had no offers coming out of high school. I was uh, 5'10 and weighed up buck fifty-five coming out of high school. So, you know, I was still small, hadn't developed yet. I was one of the youngest ones in my class. So I was I was still 17 when I graduated, and, and I grew four inches after I got out of high school. Um, wow. And I think that had a lot to do with it that, you know, nobody saw my size and thought, well, I'm not going to get real big. Well, my dad's 6'4", so I had a good chance of still growing, and I did. So I went there for one year, um, and then my dad had heard about this coach at Mary Harden Baylor, um, and we, I went and did a tryout with him at a Dallas area high school. Just went over there and threw for him, and he says, "You know, I don't have a lot of money for you, but I would love to have you, you know, come down and pitch for me." And and uh, being a, that it was a Christian college as well, I just you know felt like that was where I was supposed to go and and what was supposed to happen, and so I. Went there for, and pitched there my last three years. And I basically missed um, my whole sophomore year when I got down there. I missed the spring of my sophomore year. I, hurt, I pulled some uh, rib muscles. 
underneath my from my pack around to my shoulder blade and and really couldn't even pitch that whole I pitched him one game that actually that whole spring after I got well and uh couldn't get a hardship red shirt we tried to but it couldn't get that so basically I I didn't even pitch there my in the spring of my sophomore year I basically really only pitched the last two years so I think in a way that was a blessing because I didn't have that extra wear and tear on my shoulder and on my arm you know, they talk, and, and I do a lot of high school programming here uh, up here in Milwaukee, and, and we talk yeah. about, you know, the kids coming from the north. One of the reasons they have such upside is is, is they don't have that wear and tear on, on their arm, kind of like you were talking, having that year off, um, you know, helped you, I think, probably did help you. It doesn't look like you had many injuries through your career after that. No, I didn't. You know, I was that was really a blessing I had. One minor shoulder surgery back in 1990, and I was playing in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was uh, just had a little fray in my labrum, and they went in there. I was blessed because I was where I was playing again. I was playing there where Dr. Andrews was, one of the most renowned names in the whole game, uh, whole sports industry uh, with sports, you know, injuries, yep. and and he did the surgery right there in Birmingham. And one day later, I had I could already have full range of motion on my shoulder. I could move it around. And that was on August 1st of 90, and by December I was sewing again. You know, so because he told me it was such a minor deal that had I not been a pitcher and done that for my career, he wouldn't have even done surgery. He would have just put me on a rehab program, you know, got the muscles around it strong, and, and it just allowed me to go on with my life, and I would have never known any different. But well, that's awesome. that I did that for a living, you know, he had to go in there and fix it. We're talking to Buddy Groom. We're going to get to a break. Before we get to a break, doing doing some research for the show, he's got a number of records in the major leagues. A couple of them are great, man. He's, he is uh, 70 or more games in seven years in a row. Not, I don't like this one so much. He had a record for appearing the most games without a playoff appearance. And my favorite, he also holds the record for most appearances without ever getting in the bat. Man, <laughs> did did you did you ever even get to batting practice? You never even went in the cage, right? Well, we did. Um, I was only you know in the National League for a short period of time. Yep. I was there for a month and a half with the Marlins, and then I finished my career with the Diamondbacks for two months. So you know that was the only time I really we really picked up a bat. The rest of the time I was always in the American League. We would hit a little bit before interleague deal, but. You know, when we got in there as relievers, they told us, if you do come up here, you either stand here or you're going to bunt. You know, there's there won't be any swinging to risk hurting your muscles or your, you know, your ribs or anything. So you don't even do anything. And and I had a couple of chances. I was going to get in that bat when I was with the Marlins one year at, that year in '95, and uh, and it just the guy didn't hit into a double play, so they pinch hit for me. And then I was I would have gotten in that bat in my last one of my last games or last month of my career with the Diamondbacks and I had been nursing a hamstring injury injury uh, and I came back and pitched with it and I actually felt it pop when I was pitching and I I continued to stay in and I fought through it I got through the inning um, and the manager was Bob Melvin and he just said hey how you how'd your leg hold up you know I need you to go back out I've got some lefties coming up and I'm like well Bob I, you know i popped it pretty good. I said, there's no chance I could continue to go back out there without doing harm to the team, hurting the team, or hurting myself worse. And that was my last opportunity. Man, could have gotten it bad. Hey, we've got to get to a break. Uh, he is okay. a former league pitcher with the major, in Major League Baseball, 1992 to 2005. 
He is now one of the owners of Buck Ventures TV show on Sportsman's Channel. Wednesday nights at 8.30 here in Milwaukee. He is Buddy Groom who will continue on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside uh, nobody today, flying solo, Pastor Ken Keltner on vacation. My special guest today, he is good, man. He's really fun. Buddy Groom, former uh, Major League Baseball player from 1992 to 2005, played professionally for 19 years. He's a left-handed pitcher, and he is now a co-owner of the TV show Buck Ventures Outdoors. And you can watch that TV show 8.30 Central Time on Wednesday nights on the Sportsman's Channel. Hey, buddy, before we we ask you for your testimony, I want to talk a little bit about your family. Um, your wife, Angela, you've got five uh, five kids, uh, two girls and, and, and three boys. And uh, so far, so good, man. Talking to you off the air, these kids are doing awfully well. They are. I've been, you know, truly blessed. All my kids have, you know, stayed away from all the bad stuff they they all went from K-4 through high school, and my other two are currently a junior and will be a junior and freshman this year. They've all gone to a Christian high school where we, where my dad actually used to be the minister of music there years ago when I, it was my church I grew up in. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a place where I've known real well all my life, and um, we don't currently attend there anymore, but my kids still go to school there. And, and so they had a foundation of, of the Lord in their life when they left high school to go to college. and. A lot of times that's where kids stray away. I know that's where I strayed away from time to time and did stupid stuff. And, and my kids have kept away from that, which I've been truly blessed uh, in that regard. They've seen how stupid people can act when they drink or do drugs or whatever it might be. And, and they've just been, uh, they stayed away from that and just, you know, known that that's not the right way to go if they want to have a life. Hey, buddy, I had, uh, I had a, uh, somebody ask me, and this is a few months ago, um, she came up to me and said, hey, can I ask, I, she has uh, two kids in, in, in high school, and she said, how did you deal with, with these problems with your son? And I said, I, those aren't type, uh, any types of problems that we ever had to deal with. And she asked me, can I, you know, how did that happen? And I said, look, I'm having lunch with him today. I don't know. I'll ask him. And I asked my son, I said, Matthew, what, why were you such a good kid? And he started laughing. He goes, really? And I said, yeah, why were you such a good kid? And he said, my faith was really important to me. I never wanted to disappoint my mom, and you scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> and I said, you know, I wasn't put on this earth to raise a happy child, but I think I was put on this earth to raise a happy adult. Are you happy? And he said, yeah, I'm really happy. Came back and talked to this person who had asked me, and she said, you know, we're in deep trouble. We, there's no faith <laughs> base to our life. Um, they don't care if they disappoint me, and my, my husband just wants to be their friend. Wow. And I said, you know, it's not too late, but you need to get going like right now. And we've had some conversations about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that when, when, when you talk to your kids and you ask them that question, I, I couldn't have answered that. And when he just right. quickly said, look, faith was really strong, really important to me. And I never wanted to disappoint my, my mom and you scared the living daylights out of me. And I said, Matthew, I spanked you like once or twice in your whole life. 
He said, yeah, but you were always yelling and you were loud. And I said, well, that's that, that's okay. Hey, buddy, you talked about growing up with, you know, in a Christian home. Can we talk a little bit about, about your journey? Yeah, you know, when we talk to major league or we talk to professional athletes, a lot of times they'll say, hey, look, I, you know, the, the worst thing I ever do is steal a candy bar when I was younger, but then I went off to college. <laughs> And when I get, you know, you get on campus and you're there by yourself, there's a lot of temptation once you get to college. Yeah, there definitely is. You know, like I said, I had the foundation growing up and I knew right from wrong and knew what I should and shouldn't do. And, and that doesn't mean that I didn't do it with the uh, curiosity of a lot of kids like I did and, and peer pressure back then, even in a little town. I uh, did things that I regret that I, you know, look back on it. And if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't do it. Um but I think it was a life lesson that, that helped me later on in life as I got to be an adult to, to understand, man, that's that's not where I want to go, and that's what I want my kids to, to see and not do what I did and make the mistakes that I did. And I, I really harped that on them uh, growing up that, you know, this is this these were dumb decisions that I made. Don't be that person like I was and make the same, the same decisions because it's something you could regret. You could get yourself in a bad situation and not – with being with the wrong person and regardless if you have ill will or ill intent, all it takes is to be in the wrong uh, car at the wrong time and, and somebody get in trouble for something and you're just as guilty by, by being there. And, and so my kids have, have been good in that way. They've really, you know, stuck to the, to the Lord and, and understood that, uh, that that's not the way they want to go and the way they want to live their lives. Hey, buddy, did you find that it was easier to, uh, and, I, and I love asking this to, to, to professional athletes, did you find it easy to walk worthy in the locker room or outside of the locker room? A new baseball has has really good baseball chapel, and, and I think there's a lot of really strong Christian men that are that are in and around the game of baseball. But, you know, being in a lot of different locker rooms like you have been, if there's not somebody holding you accountable, I'm, I'm wondering if it was easy to walk worthy while you were in the locker room or outside of the locker room? Actually, for me, it was both because I learned – I was really blessed in a way when I first went to the big leagues in 92 with the, the Detroit Tigers, I had a, there was a big crew of men there. Frank Tanana, who is a, one a really solid godly man. Mike, Mike Moore was a really solid, solid Christian man. Storm Davis. These guys uh, kind of took me under their wing back then and helped me to really understand what you have to do to, to keep your faith strong in the, in the game of baseball. You can't be one way. At, at the park and be a different way away from the park. You, you've got to be the same person all the time so that they see that same person. When you walk into that clubhouse, they know where you stand as a, as a believer. And, and I took that to heart and always said, you know, I, I realized what, what, how I could hurt myself as a, as a believer if I do the wrong things. And so m- most of the, the, the teams that I played on when I got to the big leagues, I became the chapel rep for the team. So that in itself – has a high esteem and, and has a lot of pressure on it uh, to make sure that you're abiding by the rules and you follow the, the rules of the word. And, you know, I tell this when I speak to people, I said, you know, there's nothing that says in the Bible that I can't drink. It says do not be drunk with wine. But I, choo- I chose to not even do it because it would be, a, you know, a stumbling block for those that might be looking at me in one way and see me one way and, and call me a hypocrite because I was. So, I just chose to not go down that path um, and just decided that the best route for me was, was to be a witness in that way, uh, let them see, see that part of me that, 
that I could abstain from that. I didn't need it. It didn't do anything for me. And all it does is cause problems. So for me, it was not as tough. And, and later on in my career, I ended up have, uh, befriending a guy here in my town that is a associate pastor at a, at a local church and a young guy and ex-Marine and, and he's a traveling evangelist. And, and so we became friends at the gym working out actually. And, and I said, Hey, would you be willing to be my, uh, the person that keeps me accountable when I'm on the road and when I'm during the season, call me and make sure that I'm abiding by the rules that I say I'm going to. And so I had that person in my life uh, to hold me accountable and that I could speak anything to. And if I was struggling with anything, I could give it to him and I knew it wouldn't go anywhere. And that for me was one of the biggest things that helped me get through. We were talking to Buddy Groom, former Major League Baseball player. He's a left-handed pitcher. He pitched with a number of teams. The Orioles is where I uh, became aware of him the most. And he also uh, threw with the Athletics and the Tigers and, and the Yankees, Marlon Diamondbacks. As a left-handed pitcher, he uh, he came through the minors and, as a starter and, and uh, ended his career and, and was a, a reliever in, in Major League Baseball. We're talking a little bit about his faith and his journey. Um, as a uh, as a guy coming from a smaller community, buddy, do you think that helped you um, as far as your walk? And, and and a second question to that, you know, with with your dad who was a music minister, he was in the ministry. Um, pastor would always say, "Look, when you talk to to to, to pastors, their kids normally are either going to be." you know, pastors and, and, and doing something in the church or they end up in jail. And he said, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of buddies of mine, you know, it's, it's hard to grow up as a child with, with a father who's a pastor. It's, it's very difficult. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure on those kids. And I'm wondering if you felt that, uh, growing up. Oh yeah. You always felt that pressure. Um, because you were held to a different standard being that, you know, that my dad was in the ministry. Um, and yeah, like I said, I had my times where I did stupid stuff growing up, um, you know, and, and I look back on it as a life experience, but I didn't do stuff to where I would, you know, that I was completely a hoodlum or anything like that. Just little, you know, goofy stuff that you do as a kid or whatever that, you know, you might get in a little bit of trouble for, but nothing major. Um, and I, I look back on those life experiences and just say, you know, the Lord protected me through those times because he had something greater for me, something more important for me. And, uh, I thank the Lord every day for that because, you know, very well could, I could have gone down that if I'd have been in, you know, the wrong car. And there were times that I wasn't sure. in the wrong car with the wrong people and, and could have been in those situations. And so I thank the Lord that I was kept safe from those times and that he allowed me to, to, had the life that I had and, and the career that I had to stay in the game for 19 years professionally like that, that was definitely a blessing. You know, buddy, like on this show, we, we there's a lot of guys and everybody has a, has a story and a testimony and, and we love to hear all of them. And we've had guys like Pastor Daryl Strawberry on and, and my, my, my journey has been a lot closer to his than it was to yeah. yours. And, and, and it's, it's for me, you know, anytime we talk to guys and, and, it's amazing that the Lord, if you fall to your knees and, and say, Lord, I, I, you know, I need help. He, he opens his arms, man. Even to guys like, like, you know, Pastor Daryl Strawberry and guys that have done some, yeah. some really bad stuff in their life. If, if you truly ask him to come into your life, he's, he's waiting for you and he's there. And it, it's been an amazing, 
uh, life for me since I did that. And talking with, with some of these other guys like Randall Cunningham and, and Daryl Strawberry, they say the same thing. You know, Strawberry said, look, I had everything. Everything that I ever yeah. thought I wanted, I had. I had more money than I knew what to do with. I had beautiful women. I had cars. I had, I had houses. And he said, and I was never happy. Until yeah. that day, so I, I I love your story, but it's 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 great. We're going to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Buddy Groom. He uh, former Major League Baseball player, is a left-handed pitcher. Nineteen ninety-two through two thousand and five, he is now a co-owner of Buck Ventures Outdoors. It's a TV show that you can watch on Sportsman's Channel Wednesday nights at eight thirty here in Milwaukee. We're going to talk a little bit about that show with Buddy Groom on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner is out of town. Our special guest for the entire show today, and he's a good one, Buddy Groom. He's a a co-owner of the TV show Buck Ventures Outdoors. You can see it Wednesday nights, 8.30 Central Time on the Sportsman's Channel. He was a left-handed pitcher in Major League Baseball from 1992 to 2005. And uh, he's been kind enough to to hang with us for uh, for this week. Hey, buddy! Before we talk uh, Buck Ventures, can we go back a little bit? Um, second segment, we started talking a little bit about your walk and 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 how difficult or not difficult it was when you were in uh, in Major League Baseball. But we never got kind of your testimony and and when you fully accepted the Lord as your personal Savior. Yeah, um, you know, when I was young, like a lot of kids, when I was like six years old, you know, I. I thought I had made a profession of faith and had gone before the church and, and thought I'd understood what it really meant to be a Christian and a follower of the Lord. And, and really at that time I didn't. And, and so when I was 12 years old and I really understood what it meant, um, I remember just kneeling with my mom in the, in the, in their bedroom and, uh, asking the Lord into my heart for for sure that time, that night, that day, and, uh, was able to go through the whole process of the baptism afterwards to, you know, just to show everyone what I, that I had made that commitment to the Lord, and uh, for me that was the the easiest and and freest decision I ever made in my life. I mean, it's for anybody out there that's you know struggling in any way. That's the only one of the few things in life that you can actually say that is free and it's freely given to you uh, just by asking for it. And that doesn't happen in this world very often. And it's one of the few things that you can say that about. And, and know that when you say and commit your life to the Lord and, and ask the Lord to take over your life, he truly will do that. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing uh, journey when when you when you finally say it took me a lot longer, buddy, than it, than it did most. You know, I was older in life <laughs> and I'm still a relatively young Christian compared to you. But I have to tell you that. You know, the weight on your shoulders that that is taken off when you say, "Look, I'm going to hand this over, Lord. I'm, 
I, I, I need help. I can't do this on my own anymore. Is uh, is it's an incredible day when that happens. And my one of my favorite stories with this, I was actually my daughter was looking at Pensacola Christian College, and uh, I took her there for a tour, and and uh, I went to Bible study, and and the pastor there was telling about how when when he when he accepted Jesus Christ, he was 13 years old, and he was at a camp, a youth camp. And yeah. he was playing football with the older kids, and in the morning game, he never got a pass thrown to him. And yeah, in the afternoon, before the, the afternoon game, he you know he 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 fell to his knees and accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior. And uh, he was playing uh, wide receiver, and they threw the ball to him, and he caught a great catch. And and uh, these older guys were like going up to him, saying that was a great catch, well done. And he thought in his in his head, he said, "Well, you know." I'm a Christian now. Of course I'm going to make that catch. <laughs> and the next time they threw it to him, he dropped it. And as a 13-year-old would, he started thinking, hey, wait a second, maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I didn't really fully accept Jesus Christ. And it was just a really good story that that he had. Hey, buddy, when uh, when when you stopped playing baseball, and, and again, your your background, you know, being outdoors and, and, and hunting and fishing has, has always been very important to, to you in your life. When did you get involved in Buck Ventures, and how did that happen? Um, that happened about, I think this is my sixth year to be an owner, co-owner with Jeff Danker. Um, I had been hunting in Kansas and, and had always wanted to for a lot of years, and I actually uh, had a friend that I met when I was playing my, my playing days in Baltimore who was a wildlife biologist, and I used to hunt with him, and we would get crop damage permits so we could go start killing does early in like in August. So I always had my bow with me during the hunting, during the baseball season. And I'd go out there, you know, after a day game on the Saturday or something and, and hunt in the Sunday evening after a hunt and just try to help him get rid of some does in around the area. And, you know, it, it he kind of led me in a, called me one time and said, Hey, I'm in, I, I found a guy in, in Kansas. That's a really good outfitter. If you're interested, you know, he's got a spot open this year. You can come up there. So I, I went up there, and went to Triple Creek Outfitters with Richard Blakesley and and uh, one of his guys that worked for him at the time, taking people out, um, was a young guy that was on the pro staff with Jeff and them back then on Buck Ventures pro staff. And he said, hey, Jeff's getting ready to start a new show. He thought maybe, I thought, you know, I said, well, that might be something I'd be interested in. Um, give me, Here's my number. Give it to Jeff. And, you know, when you do stuff like that, you think, well, I'll never hear from him. You know, I'm just a normal guy, and no, you know, they wouldn't get, you know, call me or anything. Well, he happened to be out on the road somewhere driving, and and Jeff called me up out of the blue and, and told me who he was, and I said, "Oh man, it's good to hear from you. I didn't expect to hear from you." And he said, "Well, you know, I don't really need any help with the other show." He said, "But I, I have a partner on Buck Ventures right now that I really would like to to get rid of and change, and and uh, and if you're interested, um, come to the ATA with me." watch how things run and if it's something you're interested in pray about it um if you feel that's what you want to do then you know we'll talk about it and and i went to the ata that year and uh the archery trade association show which is in january and where we get all the sponsors for the show um and you know i just kind of felt hey man this is something i've always wanted to do and and i prayed about it and and you know i just felt like it's another avenue that i can share the lord on tv now where before I was sharing it when I was on the field and in those, in those locker rooms and stuff. And, but now I can be on TV and voice my opinions for the Lord. And along with Jeff as well, who was equally, equally yoked with me and, and, and is a very strong Christian. And, 
And uh, so I, I just felt that's where the Lord wanted me to do. And, and I kind of took it to the next level and, and started doing that from that point on. And, uh, you know, Jeff and I talk about different talk, you know, try to talk once every few weeks or so and just how things are going. And, you know, and, and we talk about our own faith a lot. And, um, you know, one one way that Jeff describes stuff is that sometimes, you know, when with Buck Ventures, it's going pretty well. And he said, you know, I would grab the like uh, described it as grabbing the steering wheel in the, in the vehicle. And I would take control of that steering wheel and, and try to drive the show and and kind of turn my back in a way on the Lord and didn't listen to what he was telling me to do and what I should do. And he said things would start to get bad and get rocky. And he said, as soon as I would let go of the steering wheel and just say, Lord, I, I'm sorry, I you know, I did this. Help help me to, to get back on the path that things would start going good again. And And so there's times that we have to, step back we have to you know bathe things in prayer and really pray about it and just say lord if we're you know in control of the steering wheel help us to let go of that steering wheel and let you you know take the the show down the path that you want us to go down and, and what you want us to do if you, if you whoever you want us to be our sponsors put them in our path so that we can can uh you know share our, our the how who we are in the lord with them and they'll know who we are as well so we, that's kind of the way we took it that's awesome we're talking to buddy groom yeah, uh, former Major League Baseball pitcher, and and again, you can see on Sportsman's Channel Wednesday nights at eight thirty uh, p.m. Buck Ventures. Hey, buddy, when when you're t- when you're out and you're talking to uh, sponsors or potential sponsors, how important is it for you guys in that conversation to 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 let them know where you are, what the what the show is 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 about, that you're utilizing it as a platform. Um, to spread the word is, is that something that you guys talk about relatively quickly in the conversation um for the most part i mean most of the people in the, in the industry now know the show well because this yep. is our 14th or 15th year being on tv so they know where jeff is and and now that i've been around they know exactly you know what 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 the show is going to partake of but we do have definitely when we're talking to those guys you know one of our things we say is that you know we're we're strong in our faith with the Lord and, and that's going to be a part of our show. And, you know, we would like for you to be a part of that if, if that's what you want to do. And, and then we leave the ball in their court. And, you know, usually every time they come to us and say, you know, we're, Hey, we're glad that you guys are open and honest with us about uh, your feelings and, and the industry. And, and a lot of times they'll do, you know, they'll do research on us and they'll check us out to make sure that we are who we say we are. And uh, usually when they check us out, they, you know, they come to us and say, hey, we would love to have you on board. We know we're not going to have any problems with you doing something stupid out there in the field, you know, with our product or whatever and, and hurting our product because we're associated with you. And uh, that goes a long ways. And, and so we people are definitely understanding the industry, where we are and what we stand for. Yeah, I think that's really important. And, and you know, it's it's – Especially in today's day and age, when when if if you know we are to be peculiar, I mean that's that's yeah. it, it's very biblical, and yeah. for us to be able to say, hey, look, this is who I am. Do all the research you want on me. This is you know this is the guy that I am, and and we're not gonna we're not gonna waver from that. And I think it's important that if we're just up front and we tell people exactly what we're doing. Look, Tony Dungy talks about platforms all the time, buddy. The Lord's given you great platforms. To be yep. able to, to to speak and to spread his word, and when when you walk into a room and say, "Hey, look, I'm, I'm a major league baseball player, or I'm a former major league baseball player, and now I have this TV show, Buck Ventures," you know, people are going to listen to what you have to say. 
buddy. The Lord has really blessed you with 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 that part of your life, and and uh, certainly the platform of, of Buck Ventures now is 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 just a great platform that that you get a chance to do something you love and get a chance to spread the word as as well. What is uh, what is it like when when you're taping those shows? Um, what, what's a what's a typical day in the life of of taping a show like that? Well, it's actually you know, a lot more hectic than it comes across on TV through the finished product. There's so much effort put into it, not by, not only by us as hunters, but even more so by our videographers. Um, we call them field producers um, because they have to carry in a camera and a, and a swing arm, and they've got to set it up. They've got to make sure they're, they're getting, you know, because you can only work with the lighting that you're giving as far as the sun or yep. being in the shade or whatever, and they have to know how to adjust the lighting and the tree and, and get everything to make us look good. And all we have to do is sit there and talk and, and uh, t- tell where we're, where we're at and what we're doing and what we're trying to do. Um, so those guys really have the hard job in the, in the whole scenario. But, you know, we have to be well-versed in, in how we speak and, and how we come across as far as what we're trying to accomplish and wherever we're hunting um, and explain what we're trying to do if we're hunting a particular buck or, or how we've gone about getting in there to hunt a, certain, a particular buck um, the path we took or whatever. And, and so we have to really be clear on all of that so people can understand because you, you know, there's going to be people that haven't hunted their whole lives that might be watching the show. And so we try to come across in a way that we can help people that maybe haven't been in that scenario for their whole life to understand and, and try to, we, we're trying to do it as an educational thing. Really. We want people to understand, uh, how you can go about hunting. This is the way we did it. Uh, this is the way we are doing it currently, but if you find a better way or you have another way that you do it, hey, that's great if it works for you. Um, but this is what worked for us, um, and you're more than willing to, to use that same philosophy or same way of, of hunting. And so we kind of take that approach, and it it can be hectic. I mean, last year in Kansas, I hunted for 11 straight days during the early season with a muzzleloader and, and saw some deer, but nothing even remotely big enough to shoot, you know. And uh, so then you got to wait until December to go back when gun season opens in Kansas to have your to use your muzzleloader again. Um, and I killed on the very first day of gun season. So, you know, it's just one of those things where sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it, most of the time it doesn't. And there's a lot of editing, a lot of oh, yeah. cutting and a lot of a lot. talking in the tree and uh, a lot of downtime where, you know, you're talking to each other. You're, you're just standing there. Uh, sitting there in the tree, just looking around, or you're in a tent, or whatever it might be. So a lot of patience, a lot of downtime, a lot of patience, buddy. We got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll okay. uh, we'll close it up. Our our special guest again, uh, just a great guy, buddy Groom. Uh, you can see him Buck Ventures Sportsman's Channel Wednesday nights at eight thirty here in Milwaukee. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio one hundred five seven FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Young Express. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's Mike McGivern. My special guest this week and, and a big fan, Buddy Groom. Now, you pitched in Major League Baseball from 1992 to 2005, and now you can see him Wednesday nights on the Sportsman's Channel TV show called Buck uh, Buck Ventures. 
Uh, buddy, we just got a couple minutes left. What part of uh, of baseball? What do you miss most about uh, about playing uh, in, playing baseball in the major leagues? What part of that do you miss? Uh, probably the only part that I really missed was the the, the competing, um, being head to head against the best hitters in the game. And and as a kid growing up here with the Rangers, I remember going to the setting in the you know in the outfield bleachers as a kid and going to games and watching those guys play catch in between innings and how far they could throw it on the line and just, you know, never thinking in my wildest dreams that I would ever be there. And I had a friend of mine that I graduated with in high school that said, yeah, I remember when you told me in, when we were in elementary school at one, one point, he says, you told me you were going to be a professional baseball pitcher someday, you know, and who knew that that was going to happen. But for me, the biggest thing was that head-on-head competition and, and uh, to go out there and try to – to beat the best every night, um, to me, was the best thing that I, I could ever put on myself as far as competition and, and a challenge. Um, just being able to go out there and win battles night after night. Uh, and you win some and you lose some, and you just got to win more than you lose. And and uh, to me, that was the, the most exciting thing. I, and I had a lot of good, close relationships with people. But to me, the challenge of going out there every night and trying to beat the guy Especially early in some of my career, I was coming in uh, as a left-handed specialist, so I might face the same guy three times or two of the three days in a series. And so I, however I got him out the first time, I'm going to have to change it up the second time. So for me, that was the challenge. Well, reading your bio, and, and we don't have time to go through these guys, but but reading this article that I read um, that uh, that you wrote before you spoke at a church, and you start talking about playing with Cal Ripken Jr. and and Derek Jeter and and guys like that, I you know next time we have you on, we're going to talk a little bit about some of these guys that had just a great influence on on your yeah. life and and it was really incredible as as I started you know reading that article and and I knew that Mariano Rivera was a strong Christian man but you talk a little bit about how he influenced you a lot in the 3 months you were there and and I promise the next time we have you on that we will talk about some of these guys that, uh, I mean, if you're a yeah. baseball fan, when you talk about, you know, t- Tim Raines and, and Steve Sachs yeah. and, and, you know, Frank Thomas, these are all guys that uh, that you played with or against. And and I apologize right. for not, to our to our listeners for not getting more into that, but but Buddy's got such a great testimony and a good story. Buddy, I can't thank you enough for, for your time today. Again, Sportsman's Channel, Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Watch Buck Ventures. If you want to go to their website, it's BVO tv.com that's bvotv.com and uh, and take a look at some of the things these guys are doing it's all really good work that the, I'm sure the lord is smiling on on these guys buddy thanks a lot for your time say hi to angela take care of those five kids I will appreciate it very much mike Thank you bet again he is buddy groom thanks for listening this is faith in the zone on sports radio 1057 fm the fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain. 
Lord, it was you that rescued me. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 